down in Petersburg, everything's fine. All lamb cats is drinking that wine, drinking that mess is their delight. When you get the wrong, start singing all night, drinking wine, for the you to drink wine. Wine, for the you to drink wine. Wine, for the you to drink wine. Pass that bottle to me. Drinking that mess is their delight. When it gets a rump, start fighting all night. Knock down windows and tan down door. Drinking half gowns and calling for more. Drinking wine, for the yodi, drink wine. Wine, for the yodi, drink wine. Wine, for the yodi, drink wine. Pass that bottle to me. Welcome to Tasting Anarchy. I'm, I said that weird, but I'll continue anyways. Welcome to Tasting Anarchy. This is uh, Jacob Lindsay, and as always, I'm joined by... Mason Joseph. And today we have our first ever guest, yes. the esteemed, the mom, mom. Yeah. <laughs> the champion yes. of raising one young anarchist. I'm so proud. Yeah, one young anarchist, one tree hugger, and a conspiracy theorist, and uh, whatever Janie and Jory are. Oblivious. Yeah, but there you go. Yeah, so, uh, that, so mom's going to be our guest today, and... Um, Let's go ahead and, and do the wine like we normally do to just kind of like yeah. stick with the thing and then we'll maybe ask my mom some questions and then go over. I've got a, a topic that is from the Tom Woods show that I think appeals or would appeal to my mom or be interesting to my mom. And uh, and let's go ahead and do that. Okay. Well, <laughs> as a uh, shocking turn of events, it's my uh, time for wine this uh, week. And unlike all the previous ones, I did not go Pinot Grigio. I went with a Riesling. So mm-hmm. we actually have a German Riesling. So um, that's that's something that they're famous for. Right? Yeah, the, yeah. The, the it's believed the varietal of grape was um, predominantly kind of developed within the Rhine region. Um, so this is a uh, the, the winery is Gell, mm-hmm. so it's G E I L, so like Neil with a G. Okay. Um, and then um, so it's Riesling and it's uh, Rhine Hessen um, Cabinet. So like it's they're kind of weird with the naming too. So like I couldn't really get a distinction on why they were putting different extra words in it but uh Rheinheisen is the area in germany there are 13 wine growing uh regions so um as we're doing a new grape i actually got some of the wikipedia article on it uh so riesling is a white grape variety um displaying flowery almost uh perfumed aromas as well as high acidity so you'll notice that as you try it um used to make dry semi-sweet and sweet wines and sparkling whites so um they're generally pure uh, pure wines, so it's generally just Riesling grapes when you have it. And then um, it's yeah, uh, seldom oaked. Um, back in 2004, it was the 20th uh, most grown variety. Um, so I've got some like topics of that. But it's the, the top three mm-hmm. main white wine types. So you have Chardonnay, Sauvignon Blanc, and Riesling. Mm-hmm. And then uh, Rheinhessen is the largest of the 13 German uh, wine-growing regions. It's on the left side of the Rhine, and it's uh, in the southern area of the growing region. So okay. I've got some more statistics on it we'll kind of go into later. Um, but you've tried a little bit yeah. of it. So what did you think? It is sweet. Um, it's not dry. It has a heavy mouthfeel. It does have, and and I think we still have not identified what this is, a farminess. Uh and I'm going to continue to call it farminess, and I don't know what that means. It just reminds me of, like, green hay. Yeah. So it's got almost, like, a sparkling feel to it, and yeah. that might be the acidity. So 
You want a sip of it, Mom? Just sure. To... I had to look up my my wine tasting vocabulary here, oh. <laughs> so I have my handy dandy. Let me see if farminess is in here. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we got manure. Oh, manure. Yeah, that might be what I'm talking about. <laughs> well, apparently, we got uh, pig trough. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we have elegant. Oh, elegant. Okay, right. so let you me wanna, see. You want a sip? Okay. okay, so first, let me. I see that that uh, one of the vocabulary words here is bouquet. Yeah. So yes, rieslings please. are known for their bouquet art. Per Perfume. They, mm-hmm. they have a, a high smell to them. Ah, yes. um, but also with Rieslings, apparently they're heavily affected flavor-wise by the soil they're grown in. Okay. So like the German ones are more apple and have a, like a flavor like that. Mm-hmm. But the Australian ones are more like lime. Oh, interesting. So if Total Wine in our area would carry Australian wines, I would totally try to get one of those next. But That'd be neat. Yeah. Does Total Wine not carry Australian wines? Well, as you know... Yeah. Us being really big into New Zealand, like right. I've looked around in there, and I, I usually go to because of the wines I get are yeah. usually not heavily grown in the U.S. I usually go into the foreign section kind of first, mm-hmm. and I've never seen Australia listed because, okay. like, with um, the French wines, they generally do it by region. Okay, and then it, like the German wines just say Germany, Austria, you know, Austria says Austria, you know, that sort of thing. But there's no like unless I'm reading Australia as Austria, which I don't believe so because oh. the way it's situated between Germany and the French right. wines, and then like the Spanish wines, they don't separate by region either. But like oh. Spain has very distinct right, regions right. on the growing. So like I don't, I've never seen them in there. That that's not to say they don't have an Australian wine somewhere in their store. It's like the Georgian wines they right. used to carry, like just two randomly in the other white section, right? And none of the whites are all together, so huh. I mean it might, yeah. but so, best Mom, I could tell. What did you think? Was it to your your palate, to uh, your palate's liking? Honestly, I personally would prefer something sweeter. Oh, okay. I I know you both thought it was kind of on the sweet side, but okay, yeah, I, I would I would go even sweeter, but it wasn't it wasn't bad. I know that Mom's favorite alcohol of choice is a sip of my dad's cider. So yes, pure, pure cider. Pure cider. Speaking <laughs> speaking of Australia, because yeah. they say they don't say pear, they say pure. Yeah, pure. Ah, so pure. You have yeah. like pure yeah. cider. I, However, I if this goes to anybody in the Sacramento area, I do have very good friends who make wine, Harmeyer Wine Cellars. So oh, uh, Harkel. Harkel, yes. Yeah. Anybody out that way? Well, then, we'll have to try to get some. Yeah, that would yes. actually yeah. that would be a lot of fun. Oh, yeah, I, I, guess, I bet yeah. I could yeah. I could get you some. Yeah. Okay, yeah, that'd be fun. I got connections. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, what I will say. Doesn't Harkel know Moby and David Bowie? <laughs> or or just Moby, maybe. I don't know. I think she does. Yeah. Well, what I'll say about this, now that's a very interesting topic, so we'll get back, maybe <laughs> right, get right. back to that. Um, this is probably the most flavorful wine that we've done. Like, at yeah, least for me, like it has very, the most... It does have it. It's interesting. Yeah. So as, as we normally do, we kind of read the back. And so... Um, on the back, it's very limited because it's um, like I went on their website and like their website was pretty good. Like it took me a while mm-hmm. to like I couldn't Google the English version, oh, okay. but I eventually put in some enough words into Google to get the English version of their website okay. to show up. So that was kind of cool. Um, but like the wines, like when it, they showed the white wines, like it just had like a static picture. You couldn't click on the wines to get any more oh, information. Okay. So um, it's a hundred percent Riesling. Elegant, semi-dry to uh, fruity in taste, refreshing. Like, that's not even a sentence. It's just a statement. Um, So they suggest serving it chilled, 60 to 65. I think we've got it probably a little bit cooler than that, but it'll warm up as we go. I think we Um, talked about about that either last time or maybe I read an article in between about that apparently, like, Americans drink white wines much colder than they think, than Europeans think it should be drank, and they drink 
Red wine's much warmer than Europeans think it should be drinking. That, that makes sense to me, mainly because, like, I'm not willing to temp anything. I just put it right. in the freezer when I get it back from yeah, Total yeah, Wine, yeah. and then I put it to the fridge about right. an hour and a half later. Um, so the wine will match well with many types of meals because of its variety of aromas. Mm-hmm. So that's just a weird statement on, yeah. <laughs> on the face. Uh, 11% alcohol let by me, volume. Let me guess uh, what, what you would pair this with real quick. Uh, Indian food. <laughs> prob- actually, maybe not. I don't <laughs> think it would cut the heat as well because of the oh, sweetness. Okay. Like that might like kind of yeah. in this acidity of it okay. kind of might just really give me heartburn. Yeah. But it's the 2015 variety. Um, as usual, we get most of our wines from either Total Wine or, uh, or Lidl. Lidl, depending yeah. <laughs> on depending on the sale. Um it was like fifteen ninety nine, so not that bad. No. And yeah. for the flavor of it, yeah. like it has a very complex flavor. There's a lot going on to it. Eleven um, percent alcohol by volume, not that high compared to the you know the general thirteen or so on the mm-hmm. other ones we've done. Um, like when I draw air across it, like I don't take a lot of like off like off gassing of alcohol. Right. There's not a lot of burn to it, but. You do know there is some alcohol to it, but yeah. it's one of those ones where you're like, I could see people who don't like the taste of alcohol yeah, enjoying yeah. it because it, it has a lot of flavor to well, it. it. It is lower. You said it was 11%? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So mm-hmm. it's a little bit lower. It's about 2% lower than most of the cabs. Yeah. Um, actually, 3% lower than some of them. So, uh, yeah, it doesn't it doesn't have as much of the alcohol-y taste, the, yeah. so, which and is not is, my favorite. And this is the uh, second screw cap. Yeah. Yeah, so I think right. that, I think that's kind of interesting, and I'm I, I, I'm interested to know a little bit more about these screw caps because it seems like it's uh, either cheap wines or white wines, like cheap reds or whites. Well, I think one of the things that it's a perceived thing. Yeah. So for a long time there, there people were really against synthetic corks. Oh. And then like some like heavy science. I know this is based on memory from like ten years ago. Yeah. Like some heavy science came out and was just like, "There's no difference." Mm. And then, so I think it's like the same with the screw cap. Like for long-term storage, it's probably not the best. Right. But and then maybe certain bottling techniques, maybe it doesn't work as well. So maybe mm. if there's some aging in the bottle or conditioning in the bottle that needs to be done, maybe you don't do that. Um, oh, that could be. Yeah. But like. There also, I think, like, there was a, for a long time, there was a big push to get away from, like, real cork because it was apparently, like, cork trees were going extinct or something like that, you know, so, but, like, I've never known, like, that's what I kind of thought, like, as as we've talked about before on the show, the import cost of getting something from Europe to here and then still selling it at a $15 price point, are we buying, like, the bottom of the barrel, like, German Riesling and thinking, like, oh, we're spending $15, like, we're so sophisticated. (laughs) Like, $3 a glass, haha. But but in in Germany, it's a $3 bottle. Yeah, it's a $3 bottle, but then that's also the question is, like, is a $3 bottle of wine a bad bottle of wine in Germany, or is it just kind of like, no, it's just... Kind of the cost, yeah. like it's fine. Okay. Um, but so, like you know, and then as as you've as we've talked about, it's really hard to like navigate a lot of the wineries' websites, and a lot uh-huh. of times they're like so bizarre. Unlike breweries, where right. it's just like at least in the U.S. breweries, where it's like here's the beer, here's everything about the beer, <laughs> right? Like this is when we sell it, like well, all yeah, that. One, one thing I've noticed, I think, and I don't know if this is uh, specifically because of the wines, is that uh, some wineries they don't use grapes from their own vineyard so if you go to the vineyards website they give information about the grapes they don't give any information about the wine and then you go to the winery and they don't give any information about the grapes or where it's grown or anything like that it's just about the wine yeah now these guys grow all their like from what i can tell from their site um the 
area that the estate that the wine is grown on purchased about 1871 yeah. by the guys the guy who's the name in the the winery itself it, there, it isn't listed really but mm-hmm. the guy who kind of started the winery he bought his dad bought it about 1871 so you could assume he started doing things you know the early, late 1880s yeah. maybe eight you know 1900 at the most depending on how old his dad was when he bought it and when right. he was born um so i mean it's an older estate but right. that's one of those things it's like Compared to the U.S., it's like, oh, it's an older estate. Well, it's like, well, yeah, a lot of things are older than right. certain things in the states now. Being from Virginia and then you know areas of California, it's like, oh yeah, four hundred years of history. That's not bad. Yeah, like yeah. we've got that. Yeah. So, all right. Well, I I think this is a pretty good wine, and it's uh, very interesting and different than I think any of the other ones we've tried. So I think yeah. that that's that was a good pick. Yeah, I think the acidity and the sweetness, like yeah. that balance, is really really unique to it. Um, it has some sort of a sparkle to the tongue to me. Yeah. Like, well, I, I noticed that a little bit it. when I first tried it, and now now I'm not noticing it as much. Yeah, like, it, I don't know. It's it's really interesting to me. So, yeah, good pick for a German one. And then um, I'll, I'll obviously, we'll not try to go German next time, but we'll see. Yeah, we'll see what happens. Well, yeah. next time's my time, and I already... Well, you know, like, so for the next picking. For, for a preview, it's a cab. <laughs> but You dastardly man. <laughs> yeah. But uh, do you want to uh, move on to one of the other topics uh, that I got, or do you want to go with your topic? Well, let's. Uh, so I'll introduce the concept of my topic. Okay. Um, so Norfolk has been, for the last ten years or so, apparently, or maybe even fifteen years, been trying to do something about the public housing. Right. So in downtown Norfolk, yeah, okay. kind of shunted to the side near the highway, there's the public housing tracks, right. and there's. Um, I think it's 1,675 or something like that, public housing. So let's yeah. just call it 1,800 to be even right. public housing units, and there's about 4,000 residents. Now, Norfolk has like 280,000 rest- right. residents, and 4,400 apparently need public assistance for housing. And Norfolk has been trying to tear down, renovate, do something with this housing. So there was a push for like a decades long development project with, you know, a better pharmacy and like grocery store and like things that, you know, the area doesn't really warrant. And they were right. talking about possibly spending up to a billion dollars wow. of public and private money. So like in they were going to redevelop it into something like. 200,000 units or not excuse me 200,000 2,000 units Mm -hmm. so I did a little bit of math before I came over here if my house was a little less than $200,000 right like 1,800 times by 200,000 is like 336 million dollars where is the other 700 million dollars going into this development project like I have a 1,300 square foot house. They're not building yeah. 1,300, like, and that was the thing. I was like, they're talking about putting, like, replacing this public housing, but most of it is going to be, like, commercial housing. Like, right. the city's just like, get rid of this blight. Like, cut this blight out. Yeah. And they're, like, over, like, a third of it was supposed to be set aside for the people already living there or something like that. Yeah. But they're, like, talking about, like, so, putting like, they're, in. So, are talking about, like, a high rise? No, they're talking about, like, they're, they're these three massive plots. Like, you know, downtown yeah, Norfolk. Yeah, like, over by the scope. Yeah. But, like, it's over by the scope. It's massive area. Yeah. And they're talking... But, like, you know, the idea is, like, you see how, like, they turned the old Bank of America building into apartments. Yeah. At crazy rents. Right. And, like, so the idea is, like, this is super valuable land that yeah. they can't develop because it's public housing. And apparently yeah. they have to ask the federal government to be involved in, like, oh, the weird. redevelopment. Yeah. Well, Virginia so, Beach got rid of their public housing and, and put in, like, yeah. beach, beach condos. Yeah. But so, like, that's kind of the, the thing that I, I just... I didn't understand, yeah. like... Why we needed to spend 
upwards of a billion dollars on 4,400 people. Yeah. Well, like, yeah, I mean, the, the anarchist perspective, I guess, on this would be to get rid of zoning laws and then you wouldn't have a building problem or you would or you might have a building problem but like well we could know, in norfolk you could because of the just like the yeah, lack of ability but, but area at, to develop if you look like a lot of the buildings and stuff that are like abandoned those could all or like you know over by the PETA building there's mm-hmm. like there's that big t- parking structure thing yeah, yeah, yeah i like, love that thing that but thing? i don't know what it is yeah but yeah. but nobody ever uses it like so that kind of thing like could be it, redeveloped is, is it not being developed because it's zoned for like light industrial or something like that or yeah or like or like in virginia beach where we used to live that huge plot across from where your parents live where it's yes like lowe's wanted to buy it at one point like walmart and yeah. the city kept going like nah, we don't want that there and it's like we'll get rid of the zoning laws get rid of the city ordinances and then what should be there will be there yeah because the market will adjust prices and that will happen exactly but that's where like it was what kind of frustrated me is it's kind of like the like obamacare saved thirty six thousand lives like a year or something like that right and it cost the economy like 200 billion dollars right like all right I, maybe even if it costs like a billion dollars, like just the pure numbers for that, right? Like the spending, and then like how much it costs, like you and I, out of insurance cost pocket, yeah. you know, just like what it costs for our insurance to go up. Well, and then, and and then, then lack of choice, of that, yeah, lack of choice, and then just the the lack of coverage. So it's just the, we get the insurance, but it doesn't cover anything. Yeah. So it's like okay, so I can get birth control. Great, I don't need it. Yeah, but, and it's like, oh, I, I can get as many mammograms as I need. Like, yes, I understand that's a valuable, yeah, that's a valuable and, medical and procedure. That's, well, maybe because now there's a lot of studies coming out that say that mammograms cause breast cancer. So, uh, <laughs> I had the probably the frequency of use. Yeah, of prescribing. Well, that, that's what it is. Yeah. is. The frequency is the problem. So, uh, yeah, but that's that's one of the like, but that was what just like a billion dollars to develop an area that floods a lot. Yeah. That. And then, like, to put in more public housing, and like the city had to indefinitely scrap the plans, according to the last article I could find, which is November fourteenth or so, because the residents, the right. people who aren't, who are getting assistance, yeah, who probably aren't paying taxes to the, well, they are paying taxes to the city because they're buying food. Well, right. maybe they're not if they're getting food stamps, but like they weren't consulted. Yeah, well, they, but it's they like, buy, but I wasn't consulted. And this yeah. is this is kind of. Uh, I think Thaddeus Russell makes this point or whatever. Is he says that the reason that a lot of things are marketed to, to poor people is because poor people spend money. Mm. So it's like if you look at demographics or like look at how like television ads, for example, or like billboard ads or whatever, the things that they're marketing are they're marketing to the classes. Nobody's nobody's putting up a bill, big billboard that says buy a yacht. They're putting yeah. up a billboard that says donate buy, your boat. <laughs> well, yeah, or they're putting up a billboard that says like a Big Mac for a dollar or whatever yeah. because like they go or like get these the return on Jordans value or whatever yeah. you know like that's what it's like because young people and poor people and and women are the ones who consume the most like it's like wealthier people and men don't consume as much or wealthier men don't consume as much just because they don't like, yeah. it's just that's the way it works it's, the return on investment is low when you're marketing towards men unless you're marketing towards unless you're marketing like and actually, even then, you're marketing towards usually lower income is when you're marketing Bud Light or something like that. Yeah. Like, it's just upper class men don't spend a lot of money. It's just the way it is. There's not money in those categories. The right. Ones that where you're going to affect their purchase choice by a billboard. Right. Exactly. So, like, like, if you go in or and, and actually, and, and if you go over to those public housings, that public housing area, there's like four or five billboards and they're all advertising McDonald's. Yeah. So, there's a reason why that is. And then, so the thing is, they, they were talking about, like, they're talking about trying to survey all 1700 households or whatever mm-hmm. and it's like we're spending that much money but like no one's asked me if like my tax dollars should continue to go right so to subsidize this housing right it's like no like oh they live there on my like yeah. on my tax dollars right. and no one's asking me like if they should continue to get to like have a public pu- like even if it was a 50 50 split investment that's 
five hundred million dollars. Yeah. Well, like, and then they also this is a, a something that you know our friend Rick Caldwell used to always bring up too is that when they built the light rail, they bulldozed a whole bunch of non-subsidized housing that was lower income housing. Mm-hmm. So this puts a higher strain on other housing, which raises rents and push puts more people into the subsidized housing because. I mean, this is not a great apartment. It's not a bad apartment, but it's expensive. Yeah, it's very expensive. And so this area is not a cheap place to live. No. And part of the reason why it's not a cheap place to live is because there is an alternative. And the alternative is the low-income housing or the public assistance housing. And the other reason why, well, there's another reason is the military. It makes it expensive. And then uh, the third reason would be that the zoning ordinances make it so that it's difficult and expensive to build cheap housing. And so if... Somebody could build a very inexpensive Chinese-style high-rise where it's like, we got a whole bunch of storage crates and we just glued them together and built it. And it's safe, but it's yeah. fast and inexpensive. Uh, you know, we wouldn't have as big of a problem and the rents would be lower. Or, or you know, Virginia Beach would stop bulldozing all of the trailer parks true, and things yeah. like that because, like, no, most of the trailers you can get, like, super high-end yeah. ones now. And, like, right. you're taking... You're taking a lot of housing options off the table yeah. for people who, like, empty nesters where it's right. like... I don't need a house that has the capacity mm. for, you know, 17 people if you really right. crammed people in. We just need sure. a we need one bedroom. We need a small spare room yeah. like that we can use as an office but have a, a fold out bed or something like that right. and a kitchen yeah. and then maybe a living room. And it's like they're like, "Oh no, no, no we got to build these massive houses." Right. Like you you know the neighborhood I live in. Yeah. I have a third of an acre plot. Right. My house is about 1,345 square feet, and it's been extended multiple times. Right. Not by us, but by multiple people. There was a single house that was a shotgun-style house, meaning like you basically open the door, and if you shot a, shot a shotgun, you'd kill everybody in right. the way. Yeah. Style house. And this house was like one of those houses where like every time I walked by it, like when I would be walking the dog, I'd be like, I really kind of want to buy, try to buy this house because it had one of the bigger yards because it had a side yard. Right. Where like another house used to be and like it clearly they got combined into plots at some point. Yeah. And so what did they do? They tore down these houses and they tore down this house and like unfortunately I missed it because it had the oak wood flooring that I have in my house that I need repairs of. So I could have like scrapped, oh. like got a yeah. bunch of that. They didn't try to sell any of that. They just tore it down and they built these massive, like they split the plot and then they built these massive, like two story monstrosities that take up the entirety of the plot. Like why build such excess capacity? Like they don't fit with the rest of the neighborhood. They don't fit like the housing needs of the neighborhood itself. And like they were like almost $300,000. Yeah. And they're on like a third of an acre. Like they have no space. Right. And that's what I've always complained about in my parents' neighborhood and the, the Betsy Ross house you had. Yeah. Like, the yards are so small by comparison. Like, I just don't understand why people go, like, I need to put a house on here, and I need to put the largest house possible in the smallest amount of space. Yeah, well, and it may be, that may be a a marketing taste thing, but, like, kind of go, and this sort of will lead in my my topic a little bit, is going back to the trailer park issue, is that we have a lot of cities that are making ordinances against tiny houses, Mm -hmm. which I think are a really good solution. And, you know, I like tiny houses, and I've talked to you about tiny houses a lot, Mom. And I've talked to you probably a ton about tiny houses. <laughs> I was going to say for two and a half years. Yeah, and then, I, and then I came to the realization that when you're six five and you know two hundred and ten pounds, like you just don't fit into a tiny house. Well, you, you don't. You'd have, you'd have to make it special for yourself. But that's the thing is like you don't fit in the traditional definition of a tiny house. But yeah. there was like I like it's weird because like I think the idea of what would be traditionally I thought of as a micro house, right. which is like you know sub a thousand feet, mm-hmm. you know, sort of thing. Like you would fit yeah, very well that, into that. You know. But like a tiny house, which is sub 500 feet, yeah, where yeah. it's like, no. Right. So, well, anyways, but those are perfect houses for uh, young people 
who are moving out of their parents' home. And and as we can see by statistics, and, and actually, and I was one of these people, a, a millennial who lived with my parents until he was 22 or 23. I mean, I did the same thing until yeah. my wife moved. Like, But that's because, yeah. like, my wife was finishing grad school right. but and lived across the country. And my parents yeah. were just like, there's no reason to move out. Otherwise, I would have been living with you. Well, so, yeah, like, but it, that's sort of the deal, though, is that, I mean, one of the reasons I lived with my parents is because I like my parents and yes. and we had a good time. Mom did my laundry for me, and, <laughs> and I and it was just a it was just nice to live with them and uh, and very comfortable. I mean, they straight. had they had the capacity yeah. and like right. yeah, and so. it wasn't like your parents were attempting I only did to your laundry because you reached the tall things off the shelf right, for yeah, me. Yeah, but that's the thing is like, but you weren't and the one. well, it, you <laughs> yeah. but you also weren't the. As far as I know, you also weren't trying looking to go like we need to rent these out to make the mortgage. Like I think uh, Jacob actually ended up moving because we left. Yeah, we yeah, got, that's the only reason yeah, I left. Got, Which yeah. I think was a good. Uh, it was good for me to go move out and like you know do my own thing for a little while. But the topic is: Did you listen to episode one? I wrote down 150, but I don't know if that's correct for the Tom Woods show because I feel like he is not at 150. He's at, he's past 150. Oh, okay, so. 1,050, I mean. Yes, 1,000. Yes. Yeah. Well, so, uh, 150, yeah, 150. So he yes. had on, he had <laughs> on that. Um, Robert Epstein mm-hmm. or Epstein or something like that. It's uh, not anybody related to Gene Epstein, our favorite. Correct. Uh, one of our one, favorite, one of our favorite yes. guests. Um, he wrote a book called Teen 2.0. Yes, I did uh, listen to that episode. So I thought this Wonderful was very episode. interesting. And I think it, it, it kind of pulls in for my mom because I think that even though I did live with my parents for a long time, there's, I think, something that I didn't really experience, unless maybe I didn't, I just don't remember, is this whole teen angst thing. Like, I've never really understood that. And I've also thought that, like, when I was a teenager, I thought all the other teenagers were retarded. Like, they were idiots. And like I think they, they were. Yeah, they, well, it, it was, oh man, it like bothered me when it was like, she was dating him, and then he got mad at him, and like, this whole, like, this whole, that whole drama in high school thing, I just was like, I don't get it. Well, like, and I it spent- irritates me. I spent most of my teenage years waiting to basically become depressed. Oh yeah. Like I, I was like, I like I, I, not depressed, depressed, but like that, like kind of angsty teen. Yeah. And like I recognize, like looking back, that like I was a crappy kid at times, and right. I was a, not a nice person, but like in that teen way where you're like you're nice to all your friends and you're yeah. generally nice to people, but then like you'll say something really shitty for no reason, and you're like. You look back and you're like, why did I even say that? Like, I didn't think yeah. that, I didn't feel that. Like, I just said it because that was the thing. So I did have some of that teen angst, but like, yeah, the listening to you talk about your parents' philosophy and right. view on a lot of things has really influenced the way I want to raise my daughter because there's so much of it where it was just like, it's not that my parents didn't do those things, yeah, but they did it in such a way where it's kind of like, yeah, you respect it. You know, somebody's an adult, you respect them. Yeah. But not like that respect, like where, like I always kind of got the feeling that the way your parents were is like, yes, you respect the fact that that person's an adult and you speak to them and you don't call them, yeah. the, you know, like a doo doo head and like run off. Like right. you, you know, say yes, sir, no, ma'am. But they're like, clean up your room. And you're like, you're not my parents. Right. Now, if it's your aunt or uncle and the other, you yeah, know, yeah. they're in charge, it's like, yeah, that makes sense. But like right. from that stand, or your grandparents, but like yeah. from that standpoint of like, just because they're an adult. Yeah. And that's where I'm going to raise my daughter. It's like, I don't care. Like, Unless I specifically tell you this person has yeah. agency over you, you don't have to listen to them ever. Right. If it's their house, yes, you have to yeah. respect the rules. But the minute their rules go against anything I've yeah. ever taught you, you leave. Right. Like, don't don't argue with them. Just leave. And yeah. if they won't let you leave, yeah, then, then you have yeah. the like the right to defend yourself. Yeah. But like so many times where you're talking about things, and I'm like, 
it's not that my parents didn't do that. Like, they yeah. just never put the emphasis the same way. And, like, I looking back, like, if I told my parents these things, I think they'd be like, I think that's what we were trying to do. Yeah. But we it never came across, like, that idea to do it. Well, let me let me explain real quick what the book's about. For, yeah. and, I, and I haven't read it yet. I, I, I was super intrigued by this guy's book. Yes. But, uh... I'll, He's I'll been on the show it. more than once. Has he? Oh, yeah, okay. he has. Um, well, I'll explain the book to my mom real quick. So the the, uh, the concept of this book is, uh, it's called Teen 2.0. And what this guy is saying, Robert Epstein, or Epstein, is that adolescence, that, that, that age group or whatever, is a construct of the United States. So he says that if you look at other cultures, they go from being kids, and then they are introduced into being adults. Whereas in the United States, kids go in, they... They pass puberty and they are physically adults or very close to being adults. And instead of being introduced into being an adult in a gradual way, they're isolated in, into high school where they're surrounded by a whole bunch of other immature adults with all their hormones and all that sort of stuff and like put into this kind of jail basically <laughs> where there's like, where the, yeah, like this yeah. where there's these people dictating rules to them and and all all this stuff whereas like in and they and they are they're discouraged from working they're discouraged from like working at a job where they make money and can make decisions and things like that that help them learn how to be an adult but then at midnight on their 18th birthday they're expected to all of a sudden be adults I think it's um, not just the United States. I think it's Western. Well, culture. it's Western. And yeah, I he also says, think it's fairly fairly new. Well, that's what he was saying. Is he says this is since the labor laws of the early 1900s is when oh, they see, started I doing it was newer than that. when they started doing like compulsory education and and mandatory right, laws right. against child labor. So, and I thought that was very interesting. And and I when I thought about it, my kids to become adults at midnight on their sixth birthday. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Midnight okay, say, get you're out, adult. Start working. You know, where's my rent <laughs> money? Well, that was that. And see, when I was listening to the episode, I thought about it, and and I was like, well, you know, I never felt any teen angst. I don't think. Like, I, there was stuff that was difficult, but it was never like when I was very young, like eighth grade, or no, I guess it would be seventh grade when I when I was homeschooled the second time. I hated public school, and I and like I told my mom, I want to be homeschooled. I don't want to go back. I think there was. Partway through sixth grade, and then oh, you were homeschooled for half yeah. sixth and then seventh and eighth. Yeah. And, and when we moved here, yeah, we gave we you a choice, and I went to eighth choice grade and said, again. "Why don't yeah. you just try it and see if this is different than California?" Yeah. Well, and I just I abs- absolutely hated public school and uh, didn't want to go back. It, and it wasn't that it was hard; it was just I, I didn't like. I it, a lot of it was I didn't like the other students. It the and the classes were boring. But, well, and that, so, like, on top of that, this is something that I've heard you complain about before. It's like, why is this person standing in front of in front of the room yeah. dictating to me? And it's not like it's your pastor or right. your your scout leader, where your parents have effectively chosen this person, right? Specifically, like yeah. you know, like if you join a Boy Scout troop, like you you try to go out and find a troop that mm-hmm. fits your personality. Right. And this, maybe not with Cub Scouts because it's usually a little yeah. harder because there's even, less. We, we had a very good relationship with my Cub Scout leader even and uh, and the Iwana leaders that we had. Well, that's the thing um, is like we had a great relationship with our Cub Scout yeah. leader. But like that's the thing but, is like but, you yeah, don't yeah, – not as much with this, the scouting. Yeah. Is, and, but, well, like, and that's the same thing though with school is that, you know, you go to open house at the beginning of public school and you meet the teacher once. You don't really get a feel for who they are yeah, or anything like that. Like, and like – I mean – I, I I did like this lady, uh, not not Mrs. Burnside, Mrs. Um, who I did like Mrs. Burnside a lot, but Mrs. I think Benson was her name, who ended up being like who's like a, like a weird, crazy vegetarian and middle a lesbian, and, and but like which is fine, like about the, her being a lesbian, I don't where, really care. Was that middle this school is, or this is my first year at Camarado, oh. 
And like, and I asked you guys why she had like such fat ankles, and you were like, "Well, it's because she's a vegetarian; she's retaining water." Or dad told me that. (laughs) (laughs) One day, uh, I hope we can get your dad on. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Yeah, He's like, "Well, you know, she's a vegetarian." (laughs) But we we saw her at, and she was super embarrassed to see us at uh, the American River. We went there to go swimming, but she was drinking a beer, and and she was super embarrassed to see us. What was I there? Yeah, we were all there. And I saw her, I think Benson, I want to say, is her name. I, I, I have vaguely remembered. See, now I knew yeah. your elementary school teachers very well. Well, we, because, yeah, we knew them because, well. And because most lot, of them lived in the community. They lived in the was, community, and like several of them were your teachers. Yeah, well, so, a few or, of them. Well, Mr. Or, Ernst. Uh, no, what? Mr. Lust. Lust, Lust was. Yeah, Mr. Yeah. Lust was your teacher. Um, and the others, I did know because my parents were also teachers. Mm-hmm. So, but we lived in a type, like kind of a bedroom community. Yeah. So most of the teachers that were there also were lived in the community had kids that knew my kids so it was a different situation so i really did appreciate that about the elementary school but yeah. yes well that like when i was in, went in the middle school not when, so much. when i was in elementary school my mom my mom worked at night as yeah. a waitress and she volunteered as much as they would legally allow her to be in the school essentially right. so she knew all of the teachers yeah. and like was in the classroom all the time so like she picked our teachers yeah each year out of the four available because there was always like four classes like as you moved up yeah she picked the teacher set each time right like and then in middle school like there wasn't a possibility yeah. of doing that well like going kind of going back to this book a lot of the things that like that struck me about it were where i didn't experience a lot of the stuff that other kids who were going through in my school was i worked from a very very young age with my dad in his landscaping company mm-hmm. and had my own money and then i was homeschooled and when I did go back to public school, once we moved to Virginia, I had, I think, grown up enough to be able to tell the teachers, no, like, you're not going to teach me that because it's false. And I wasn't rude about it. I was very polite, except for the one teacher I made cry because her I told her her dog didn't have a soul, which I felt really bad. But uh, <laughs> later I did because I didn't realize the dog had just died. But, uh, but, but like, in the instance where... I was, I did kind of rub, I did kind of like to like butt heads a little bit, but it was like, I went through sex education, but I knew I could opt out if I wanted to. In the science class, you couldn't opt out of evolution. I didn't have a problem learning it. I didn't like that I couldn't opt out of it and that they were like, well, you have to learn this. Well, I don't have to do anything. Like, oh, yeah. I'm, I'm a 16 year old young man and I'm mature enough to make my own decisions on this. You're not teaching that to me because I do have agency over myself. Now there, I, I wasn't rude about it and, and stuff, but I think this is the things that I learned about having a job from when I was like 12. And then after, after working with dad, or actually probably younger than that, when I worked with dad with landscaping, um, but not a lot. I mean, we did stuff, but, or like, but then just doing things like cleaning people's gutters and mowing lawns and things like that. The ranch house. The, the ranch. ranch house. Oh man. I'll tell this story real quick. Cause so yeah. Oh, I, we, we moved here and somebody was like, can you come clean the gutters of our, our, of our ranch? I was so excited to go to a ranch where like, they had cows and horses and all these things. So, like, for, yes. For those who don't know, the Hampton Roads area used to be a premier farming community. Yeah. But not a cattle farming community. Right. We grew tobacco, cotton, yeah. corn, you know, all the staple early American middle colony products that yeah. you hear of. Hampton Roads grew those. And, yeah. You know, I mean, like, you can't grow citrus and avocado in Virginia, but you can grow pretty much mm-hmm. everything else that isn't hothouse climate stuff. Mm-hmm. So, and there are a few cow farms, but they're farms. Right. They're not ranches. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they're not. Well, yeah. Jake's, well, from, Jake's had, from California, yeah. so he didn't I'm, know I'm from California, and we had just moved, to, moved here. And so I was super excited to go out to somebody's ranch and clean and got there, and it was like a one-story 
house in a neighborhood. Yeah, like, a oh. ranch style yeah, house. Ran- <laughs> which I was is like, the thing I thought of immediately. Yeah, yeah. Like, this is what they want me to clean. Like, where's where's the cows? Where's the horses? <laughs> like, I was super excited, but that was yeah, that and that was that. But you know, I would do that type of thing. I worked at daycare, taking care of kids with mom. Babysat. Oh, the one lady uh, up the street came to me that's at the right, yeah. bus stop and said, "Oh, is your older daughter available to babysit?" And I said, "Well, she actually has another job, but my son could babysit for you." She said, "You have a son?" Yeah, yeah. <laughs> because the girls are always out playing, and Jake was right. And, a and those kids, those, kids, those love, kids love yeah. Jacob. Oh, he was a regular babysitter for yeah, probably for two, two years. Long time, so he started yeah. working at yeah. the book rack. Yep. Yeah. Until yeah. And uh, book rack was like my first legal job, I guess. But I would go fill in at the St. Matthews or whatever it was, or St. Michael. St. St. Michael's. And yeah. oh, you used to when you were homeschooled, you used to work at the library at that's right, the elementary yeah. school. Which that being working at the library got me a letter, of re- and I worked there for free. Got me a letter of recommendation that got me the job at the book rack. So like that's one of those things that like I tell my sisters uh, is that sometimes, and I've told Victoria this too. Sometimes you do have to work somewhere for free. But you're getting something that is not money. You're getting something else, like a recommendation. Yeah, getting you're getting experience. Like that's that's one of the things. Is like I only mowed lawns. Yeah, and I never was super ambitious about mowing as many lawns as possible because I just didn't want to be outside mm. most of the time because I was an overweight kid and I was just like, it's hot. Yeah, it's humid as crap in Virginia. And then like in six, when I was a rising junior, yeah. my parents sent me to Europe with my cousin who was a graduating senior in college, right. and this is a rising junior into high school and she and i like for 16 days went around europe and like we went to rome right and rome was like the worst place ever for a fat kid because it was (laughs) super humid one day and like i don't know if this is like technically true but this is what i remember it was so humid one day and then it was as hot but dry the next day and then it was super humid and we spent like five days in rome i slept on the tile floor because when we showed up (laughs) at the hotel which my cousin had booked in the and this is like I was 16. Well, we were both 16, technically. So this was 14 years ago. They had used the internet, and this was one of those, like, you know, shady European things. And it's not shady European. It's just shady business people. Right. They had one hotel with air conditioning, and it was like a three- or four-star hotel. Then they had a more hostile-style hotel that had no air conditioning. So we show up thinking there's going to be air conditioning. It's up three stories. And, you know, the European, like, the stairs are at, like, a 45, like, plus 45 degree angle they're super thin and it's just like yeah this haul up these stairs we get in there and there's an american girl working the counter and she's like yeah there's no air conditioning yeah and like at some point a family member of the owners like dropped a rotating fan in the room and was just like and very very broken english do you want this and it was like she was offering us what you would expect to find at a cattle yeah. ranch when the cattle were all done eating right. like she was just like it was like she was offering us garbage and it was a fan and we're like just tackled the fan like yeah <laughs> Like, so I ended up sleeping on the floor. And then when I came back from there, I was like, it's not that bad in Virginia. Right, yeah, <laughs> so yeah. like, I like from there, like was much more comfortable in the right. heat. But like, that was like, but I was never super ambitious yeah. about mowing plenty of lawns. Yeah. But by the time I left, like I picked up like a bunch of the neighbor's yards because they were just like, we need somebody to mow. And then sure. my dad, you remember my yeah. dad was like, my dad would work. I don't, yeah, your dad is like a machine. Yeah, my dad would get to work at 5.30 at the shipyard that he worked yeah. for. And he didn't work in the yard, so like he had an indoor job. Mm-hmm. And then would get out of work at 4 and then would mow lawns until like 9 o'clock at night. And like just lawn yeah. after lawn after lawn. And then when I came back from 
NC State after yeah. three years. I just went back to working with right. him. Yeah. Like, yeah, you guys did lawns yeah. all the time. But that sort of kind of goes back to, to this thing is I think that one of the reasons why like I avoided a lot of the high school drama was that like I I wasn't I, I wouldn't say that I was like a full adult yet or anything, but I was adult enough that I could kind of recognize that like this is in, like, the did preposterousness. I ever, of yeah, it? it's like it's like this is ridiculous. Like I never got in trouble, really. Like not with like no like over like no boozing up, no drugs, no none of none of the things that like normal kids get. I didn't have to like a depression issue. I had no like no like oh woe was me. So and so broke up with me, or so and so doesn't like me. It was just like if somebody didn't like me, like I don't care. <laughs> I, well, you know, I'll get, I got friends, and I, and I had no trouble interacting with adults. Yeah, I had no problem talking to teachers as peers, not as. Uh, and they were they had an authority over me like in loco parentis and all that sort of stuff but i to this day i still have pretty good relationships with a lot of my teachers because i kind of considered us peers they had something i wanted which was their knowledge but we weren't they weren't better than me they yeah. were just somebody who had something that i wanted and you know mr gami and mr wolf i'm still pretty good friends with uh, mr wolf less i don't i don't see him very often anymore but my latin teacher uh, but Mr. Agami from eighth grade, like I still talk to him regularly, and and it's because you know I think that I was I, a fairly mature young man. I think it's man. because he gave you the award of uh, most likely to spot a communist conspiracy. conspiracy? Yeah, that's yeah. true. Yeah, the, the, the award. <laughs> right, like, uh, superlative yeah. was most likely. Yeah, to... I I kind of see that as still the truth. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, and that's that that might lead into my next couple of topics. Was uh, when did you um, when did I start getting into politics? Oh, maybe. Maybe uh, four years old. Four years old. <laughs> Five years old. Yeah. And your favorite song was the Rush, Rush Limbaugh theme song. Right. Yeah. Well, that's and that's. I, it's funny because you know now I don't agree with Rush Limbaugh on a lot of things, but and I, and I also I'm of the opinion now that that's not really him. I think that's a character he does. But uh, I think it probably is. I think I think, I think of, he does. I think, I think he believes a lot of the things. Exaggerated. But, yeah. It's exactly. It's. I was going to say uh, like I think he's become it. Yeah, like um, yeah, like where that, it's that, it's like that may be true. it's like Alex Jones, where like everyone's like, oh, that's a that's a character. It's like it is, but at a certain point, like yeah. when you're like, this is put what's putting food on the table, right? Well, and I like don't, you like, don't think like yeah, talk up talk to like when you hear Scott Horton talk about it because Scott Horton knew him back during like the Waco days, yeah, uh, and he was like, that's he's that guy, <laughs> and and he's always been that guy. Like, he's been like just a crazy like. He's a showman, so he's always been that way, but he's always like, I got the documents right here, folks. And like, like it's like he's always been that kind of guy. I don't think he cares if anybody agrees with him or not, right. though. I mean, I don't, yeah. I think he's out there giving his opinion and giving information yeah. and, you know, I think that's trying weird. to make people aware, but I think he kind of wants people to just think about things. Well, you yeah, know, I definitely not just think be that, like, spoon-fed. As, as much as I don't agree with Rush Limbaugh as much anymore, I think he is a brilliant entertainer he redefined talk radio and he started in sacramento yep our that's home, our home that's region true. that's where and uh that's where we and that's, he was yeah so before yeah, yeah before, before he was syndicated we listened to him even when we lived in roseville i think we did and that's about when he was starting yeah um maybe a little before that but yeah yeah well, we didn't have a was, television so i had the radio yeah we had the radio but like i remember like i knew i knew when it was time for rush limbaugh and we would listen to rush limbaugh and also i i really liked uh, the the couple of minutes of Steve Harvey. Oh, no, yeah, no, not Steve Harvey. No, uh, uh, Steve. Uh, no, it's Harvey, but it's um. Oh my gosh, I'm I'm drawing a blank. I mean, Paul Harvey. Paul Paul Harvey. Harvey. I was gonna say Paul if it was Harvey. Steve Harvey, Harvey, that is a definitely yeah. a different shift. Paul Harvey. Paul Harvey. Good, Good day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you, yeah, you love Paul. I, love, I like yeah, Paul, he'd yeah. come running into the other room. Yeah, but like I, you know, I think 
because mom listened to the radio while she was cleaning and stuff like that, and she's always been a mom, like, uh, as full-time, I think, I mean, you had different jobs. You did, like, you did the extended day at, at Brooks Elementary yeah. School, and uh, you did different daycare things. Also, you had kids that I was always super jealous of uh, at the house. Oh, daycare. Um, daycare. Yeah. Hey, how you doing? <laughs> that kid would crack me up. But, uh, but you know, you did different jobs like that. But because she was at home and she would listen to the radio while she was cleaning and I was there too, like I loved listening to Rush Limbaugh. And I remember like I would move my toys into the room where the radio was and she had this really cool bows. Um, actually, that was later. You, I still have we, that. Oh, you do still have that? Yeah. Well, that was later, but we had the one of the stereos with the speakers. And actually, even before that. Oh, like that, a boombox. Yeah, we had a boombox for a while. But I would move like my GI Joes and Army Men. Too, with, the, with the analog clock. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we had. I mean, we did this, but we. I. She would put it on. We had like a, a bay window in the front of the of the house, and the couch was up against the bay window. Mm-hmm. And so I would move all my toys to the bay window shelf there, and because that's where the radio usually was. And I would play with the toys and listen to Rush. Jake would build with his Legos and say, I'm going to make the entire state building. Entire- and he'd say, oh, really? The whole thing? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And, uh, but that was kind of, uh, I think that was sort of what got me on the road to politics. And, and I've shared different things with you where, like, I think I started kind of, and I think a lot of it is the way that my parents raised me, is kind of the libertarian streak of not exactly I don't want to be told what to do, but... I can take care of myself. I don't need you to tell me what to do. And uh, and a lot of that was like, you know, you get a job, you make money, you work hard, like you do it yourself. Yeah. And and like I don't need the government to take my labor away from me and and then like spoon feed it back to me in forms that I don't want. Yeah. And uh, it's like uh, this is not the mix of uh, resources I would have int- I would have yeah. chosen. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So. Uh, I guess sort of my follow-up question for that mom is, is do you remember when, like, I started doing, like, the libertarian thing? Because I kind of have, like, a vague recollection of when, like, I remember when I left the Republicans. and Yeah, yeah. I was kind of heartbroken because you had to take down your poster of Ronald Reagan. Right, yeah. I did. I used to have, well, it was, but it was it was movie Ronald Reagan. So, uh. but I was I was really into Ronald Reagan for a long time. Did he have a too. chimp with him? No, no. So it was, it was a uh, cowboy movie. Because I, I was also really into John Wayne. Because I was like, this is like the American spirit of independence and like, you know, that kind of thing. <laughs> Just <laughs> incredibly drunk all the time. I'm well, like self-made and like traditional and yeah. Like, I mean, like tough guy. things tough that, guy, yeah. things that yeah. rough, Rush Limbaugh yeah. in part, right? Like, yeah, yeah, self-made. Like, yeah. I mean, there's a there's a lot to that. Mm-hmm. And maybe. When you were about a senior or the year after? Well, I remember when I was a senior was when I left the Republicans because I was I was part of the young Republicans out of my high school and yeah. I started Yak. Do you remember that? I do. Yeah, young Americans Conservatives. Yeah. <laughs> and because uh, I was like, I, I can't. And it was it was the wars. It was uh, I, I just there was something about the second time Bush got elected and I was just like, this doesn't seem. Right. Well, it's not that it seems doesn't seem right to me. It was that like the connections weren't there. Like I, I was like, I don't. How is Afghanistan and Iraq related? And then like it was just like it's not going to end. Like because the way it was sold to us, my freshman year, I remember when they when they declared war on Iraq, uh, or not declared war when he said he was going in. They never declared war, but and that was part of it too, where it was like, oh wait, we're not actually at war. We're just we've just sent billions and billions of dollars into Iraq and like the entire U.S. military and. <laughs> We're not and Congress never voted. operation, yeah. Something, but like it, it had gotten to that point by my senior year where I was like, "We're never leaving." Like it's this was supposed to be like Gulf War One, where it's like thirty three months or something like that, and it's like in and out, and oh, we're done. But it's 
it, it just dragged on and on. Oh, wait, wait, it's uh, 17. <laughs> yeah, well, it was my entire years later. time in high school. Yeah, and and you know, my dad was overseas in like three out of the four years I think I was in high school because of the wars. And I just kind of like, I don't know, I don't, I, I, I and at the time, like, I was still conservative, but and then and then it was also just a lot of things going on that in the Republican Party where it's like these people don't represent conservatism or what I. Did. And that's when I discovered the Constitution Party. I think. Oh, that's right. I remember you did yeah. that in between. In between, yeah. I did the Constitution Party for a little while. And uh, up until 2008, I think I did the, the Constitution mm-hmm. Party. And then uh, after the Constitution Party was when I started going to the Libertarian meetings, I met you. And mm-hmm. and it was because I was the Constitution Party just wasn't getting the grip that it was getting. But Bob Barr was getting some traction. And I read a bunch about Bob Barr, who ended up being a traitor. Uh, to the cause, but I was I amongst was super, other things. Yeah, 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 amongst other things. But I was like, okay, this guy does seem to represent what I believe. And when I read the Libertarian platform, I was like, I, I agree with all these things except for drugs. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and so, uh, and you know, I've since moved on beyond that as well. Where like I don't even like yeah. believe in the legislation, but I think that's uh, uh, the, like the evolution of it. I think is very interesting. Oh, wait, and... evolution? I thought you didn't believe in evolution. Well, no, I don't allow it to be taught. <laughs> 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 yeah, but the develop. I guess the development of it. But uh, so I just I think that's interesting that because I think a lot of like like my radicalization or whatever becoming like a radical anarchist or whatever happened like after you guys had moved to Hawaii. So you weren't around anymore to like keep me grounded. Because yeah. <laughs> that's also, that's where Jesse became like an environmentalist wacko. Well, she wasn't Jesse became an environmentalist wacko because she went to college. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> but, she, and that was, she went to a uh, tier one school. Mm-hmm. She did. Well, that's that's kind of like, uh, we were talking about it a little bit in the car and I don't know what, I don't remember what her situation was, but so there was a, a study recently that came out that uh, women under 30, that they believe that any... Um, unwanted sexual advance is sexual harassment, which means like if somebody asks you out on a date or asks you to go out for drinks or, or, says, your dress or says your dress is pretty, those are all constitute sexual harassment unless you're in a romantic relationship. Well, My question, which, but it you, begs the question. Won't, which you won't be yeah, in which because you all of those things yeah. are... So, I, yeah, it begs the question. How do you get into a romantic relationship without somebody asking you out? And Well, no, 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 no. It's because you ask them out. Oh, right. They can ask you out. No, no, no. You, as in the female, are the one doing the asking. So you walk up to the gentleman and say, excuse me, I'm going to sexually harass you for a minute. Right. Would you go on a date with me? Right. And so, yeah, because that's what every young woman wants. (laughs) But... Like, that's the thing. Well, maybe maybe one out of four does. Well, like, having a a daughter, only having one kid, and probably only having one kid, like... That's kind of how I'm going to raise my daughter is not to feel that these are attacks or things yeah. like that, but to try to raise her with the confidence that if she finds somebody compelling to yeah. be confident enough to say, you know, hey, like, I'd like to go on a date with you. Right. And like, you know, kind of be able to present that foot forward. Yeah. And, you know, I want to see how that goes, like where it's yeah. like, hey, like, I don't think most parents are raising their kids not to be that way. Sure. But like, I think there's like my sister has always kind of been a more forward person where yeah. she's like, she'll go up and talk to anybody. And like, for, it took me forever to be able to do that. Mm-hmm. But my sister's always been like, you know, she was like you where she's like, 
working under the table as soon as she could. Like, yeah. I was mowing lawns. Yes, that's under the table. But, like, I was mowing lawns for, like, the person that my, like, probably met me before I, like, was under, like, mm-hmm. under a month old. Like, my right. mom went to every grade with her kids. Like, mm-hmm. you know, like, I, I was mowing her yard, and I didn't know I had known her that for that long. I just knew, I knew her. Jake right. used to make his little sister call for pizza because he wouldn't that's true yeah. i didn't like, like that i yeah. was like i was super uncomfortable with that my sister was like working at like chick-fil-a at yeah. like 16 like the minute she could like she had a job right like so but she's the, like i always have the impression that she's like would be like oh i found you know she she found some like if she wanted to date somebody she yeah. would ask them out and not be timid about it yeah. and be like oh, you know and i have the feeling that she would take rejection fine. Like, okay, yeah. you know, like that didn't well, work what, out. Yeah, that's well, fine. I, I've always kind of thought that like if if like the radical feminists want to reverse the roles and make it so women are asking men out, that's fine. But like they there is a flip side to it and that's being told no. Yeah. Like that's not that that's it's not good. It doesn't feel good. And so like yeah. Maybe you don't think it feels good to be asked out on a date by like some gross dude or whatever. But at the same time, like if you flip it and you ask somebody else out and it's like a handsome Fabio type man or whatever, and he's just like, <laughs> no, <laughs> like, like it's it's embarrassing and it feels bad. Mm-hmm. So like, there is a flip side to it. Like, not, they're not the only victims. <laughs> like, yeah. like, yeah, gross guys are going to ask you out. That's going to happen. But also, if you flip it, you know, if a guy asks out ten women, you know, at least five will say no, and and that doesn't feel good. So there's, you know, consider both sides. And, you know, and you know, this is what they, what the feminists always want is for people to have empathy or whatever. Well, have empathy with them in the male situation too. Like, you know, in in all aspects of it. Like up until recently, the only people sent to go die in war was was men. So like, oh yeah, women have been oppressed for a long time. That's true. But like, also men were just sent to the meat grinder and kill, like. So in in Scotland for after World War One, there's something like fifty percent of the uh, men under forty died. Yeah, for the British War. For yeah, for a for the British War that wasn't solved by World War One. So it wasn't like, really solved by World War Two. That's true. Yeah, but <laughs> like, yeah, like that. That's the that's the just that kind of concept of like. There's always two sides to a yeah. coin, but like really, that doesn't even cover half of it. Right. Like, because there's the side to each interaction. There's always sure. another side. Yeah. Which is, I mean, that's the mishessian position, though, is that interactions when force is not involved is a mutual interaction, yeah. or it's disengaged by one of the parties. So, and that's why the government interactions are are immoral and also uneconomic because one side of it is is non-voluntary. So, and that's the the mishessian insight or whatever is that. Humans act with a purpose, but when the government is involved, the purpose is distorted. So, because of the force, but uh, the force, like in Star Wars, a <laughs> <laughs> uh, concept. But I think that's, those are the only two questions I really had for for mom. Uh, I can tell you pretty funny uh, political correctness run amok story. Oh, oh is it? it uh, oh. oh, tell your straight bathroom story. Uh, oh, after no, this no, I think oh, I was going to say, like, let's hear both stories. Okay, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, we went to the Big Island, the, uh-huh. where the volcano is, and uh, we rented bicycles to ride oh, out. Oh, that's a good to, one. Uh, yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, I told you. Yeah, yeah, that's oh, good. It's very good. To, to ride out, uh, it's about five miles. It did the distance changes to the volcano, so but it was about a five mile bike ride. And so we show up at the at the place, and young kind of college age student is is looks at me and he says, "Okay, well, um, I have a couple different kinds of bikes. We have the one, and he's you know very gesturing with his hands, which I know you can't see me, but he says, uh, you know, we have the kind that goes straight across like this, or we have the kind that sort of swoop like this." And I said, "Oh, are you asking me do I want a boy's bike or a girl's bike?" 
And he said, oh, yes, I can't. I'm not supposed to say growth spike. <laughs> because people are offended. And I right. said, it's okay. I'm old enough to say girls' bike, and I'll take a girls' bike. Well, that's, you know, and m- mom's not very old, but uh, when she was a kid, I, she told me this story that, like, in kindergarten or first grade or whatever, they wouldn't allow her to wear jeans to school. She had to wear a dress, and she was very offended because she has six brothers, five and brothers. they were all, or five brothers, and they were all allowed to wear jeans. Well, all and, I wanted to do is wear their clothes. Right. Yeah. 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 And, and this really cool button underneath Fonzie shirts. <laughs> yeah, that was later. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but, uh, uh, but tell the story of the straight bathroom, too, because I think that was pretty funny. Oh, so this is right after the whole big controversy of the, uh, the was it North Carolina or South uh-huh. Carolina? North with Carolina. The, with the, um, the bathrooms and the basketball team pulled out and all that kind of stuff. So, I mean, that was like a hot topic of, of the day going on. And we were in San Diego, and uh, we went into the Starbucks. And I went to use the restroom, and so there was there's a little hallway, and there's there's a, a restroom at the end of the hallway, and then there was one on the side of the hallway. Um, so you know, I, I went to the one at the end of the hallway, and um, they they were out of paper towels. And so you know, after I, I went up to the counter, I said, "Oh, I just I want to let you know that the um, bathroom is out of paper towels." And she said, "Oh, okay, which one?" I said, "The straight one." And then she looks at me like, Ooh. and I said, "I mean, I mean, the one that's not on the left." Wait, I mean. I mean, the one at the end of the hallway. <laughs> and she's just, and this girl, a young girl again, working at Starbucks, just like. She's probably going Looking like, at me like going, what are you talking about? Yeah. Straight bathroom? Yeah. And I'm like, no, I mean. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, dear. But, that, but that's sort of like, you know, kind of going back to things we talked about before is the, the Jordan Peterson organic versus compulsory language is this is a situation I think that is organic language is that, is that. Young people, really, like it seems like, do not care who uses what bathroom. Mm-hmm. And so like organically, the, the language will change. The straight will mean something else rather than the than direction. And it yeah. sort of does already. Like, uh, and it's contextual. But, um, but what like, like, and actually we talked about this one. We were driving up to see my cousin, um, Ms. versus Mrs. or whatever. Ms. kind of happened organically. There was no government agency saying that we're going to fine you or put you in jail if you use Mrs. or Miss instead of Ms., and but now we have Jordan Peterson in hot water and, and various other people in hot water in Canada and these various laws in New York City where they're saying that if you don't use I think in New York City it's thirty six gender pronouns and in Canada it's seventy three. And you know, we got people like Jordan Peterson saying, I'm not I'm not using those. That's stupid. <laughs> like if it happens and Jordan Peterson says this, he says, Look, if it happened organically, I have no problem with it. Or if it, if it's a student that I respect or the student that I feel some sort of like camaraderie with that I think is being genuine and they want to be called Z. Well, first of all, my question always on these topics is I never refer to you as he unless I'm talking to somebody else. So when would you know that I didn't call you Z? I, that's, that's, that's always like the weird thing a, about it. That's a really good question. But like, this is one of those things where like, I think this is one of those kind of amazing situations that people don't realize has been in the press for a long time. Yeah. Like look at the difference between American journalism right. and British journalism. Yeah. Because they don't have freedom of speech in England. Yeah. And like all the weird laws about saying certain things yeah. in Britain compared to like what's going on in the United States currently. It's just like you say whatever you want. Yeah. Like and that but that's where like this You say whatever you want or it's fake news. Yeah. <laughs> but like that's the idea of controlling people like Telling somebody that, like, and this is one of those things where, like, I think people, it's that ego thing of, like, no, 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 I'm right. Right. And, like, 
there's certain people who just kind of let it go and they're like, look, you're right. I'm right. Who cares? Like, mm-hmm. it doesn't matter. Like you and me, it's like, it doesn't matter. Like, like, oh, who was right about the, you know, this sort of thing. It's like, okay, who was right about who won the Super Bowl in 1987? Right. I can't imagine a situation where either of you, either of us care what happens, right. what the answer is, but that's a, like, that's a factual event. Sure. Somebody, there are two teams played, someone won, there was a score kept, that's an event. Right. But it's like, these people are like, oh, like, Jacob once called me Z, and now I feel misgendered right. and mispronounced because I'm a he, damn it. Yeah. Like, it, it just is so bizarre a concept, but it's like, somebody has to win over somebody else. It's yeah. like, I've got to be in charge, like, because... I've been downtrodden because, like, I got beat up by bullies as a kid or something yeah. like that. It's like everybody gets bullied at some yeah, point. I got bullied by Dan Fry. Well, you can <laughs> learn, learn to stand up for yourself. Yeah, yeah this yeah. thing is like I got bullied for a while, and like I and like that's like the me most. Head. Yeah, that was like the most teen angst I ever had, and like half the time I'd forget it was gonna happen, and then I'd get on the bus and be like, "Oh, well, I'm gonna get bullied." But see, I didn't. Did I didn't have something teen to you, and you came home and you went, "Mom, Dan Fry hit me." Yeah. And I turned the other cheek, and he hit that. Well, yeah. <laughs> right, yeah, yeah. see, I got, and I got all I said, of those. Punch him in the nose. Yeah, I got all of those things out like prior to being in high school. Like, I didn't have any problems when I was in high school. Yeah, but like bigger than ever. I was gonna yeah, say, like, but that's also the thing. Like, like when when did you get over six feet? Like when you were like eighth, eighth, grade? eighth, eighth grade. Yeah, yeah. Well, actually, probably no. Yeah, probably eighth grade. I think well, I, I passed. I passed you up in fifth, and then yeah. I passed Dad, dad in eighth. eighth. Yeah, that's six two. And, yeah. yeah. So like, but then there was the other time when you, I think it was Mark, Danny's brother. Oh yeah. Mark and Danny, and he said, came home and said, "Mom, I had to take, I had to take Mark by the backstop and punch him in the face today." No. <laughs> so you your, I can't imagine you punching really? anybody. I don't remember in the face. that at all. Oh, you told me that. Oh. I don't know if you did. I, oh yeah, I don't remember. I can't remember yeah, I can't like. Of all the people I know, like you are the least likely person I, know, I can imagine getting in a situation where you have to punch somebody in the face. Yeah. It's not well, that this I, was first grade, but the, but that's maybe, maybe second. Yeah. I, mean, I, I remember it, it, it wasn't very. I remember I, the, I remember every fight that I've been in. I I punched Cole in third grade. Yeah, and he cried, and then I felt and really bad. Felt bad. Yeah, I don't remember punching mark um i did fight dan, dan fry a couple of times yeah uh well he and then there was the guys that reason. had you and Corey stranded up on the shed at the church oh that was janie's friends yes. that was uh yeah, they were they were a lot yeah they were well, hooligans um they were what they was were his quite, name a couple like, years older uh, than you. one of them started it had a weird name it started yeah an M, like 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 mungan or something like that no i thought it was like not fagan but it's something, along something like, like that yeah, yeah. some weird yeah. name yeah <laughs> Yeah, well, they were, and they were throwing rocks at us up on the shed, and we would take the rocks and throw them back down. <laughs> so there was that. actually, we fought them several times because they would we'd go down and play basketball at the church, and yeah. they and they were like, "This is our court," and so we fought them a, a bunch of times. And then uh, and I remember this to this day how embarrassing it was because they made fun of my Wolverine Weapon X T-shirt or uh, oh. tank top that I was wearing, yeah. and they were like, "What is Weapon X?" And I was like, "Actually, I do enjoy comics." <laughs> <laughs> And like, and when and Corey is just like, you're the worst. You're the worst. <laughs> but that, that's my point. Is like, I like yeah. of all the people I know, like you are the least likely to get in a situation yeah. where like fighting the other person becomes necessary. Right. Like, not only do I see you just as generally a nonviolent person, yeah. but like the getting into the situation where it's like now I have to kick the shit out of this right, person, right. like. It's like, yeah. I, I just don't see that situation. Well, there like, was, getting high, in those I did get into one, one fight in high school uh, with um, 
David Friedman. I say hi. I don't know because he because he remember my friend Becky. Yeah, he said something very very rude to her. I kind of do remember. Yeah, and all it took was me to punch him. And this is the thing is I think I never realized how big I was because I punched him once with like all of my weight behind it, and he hurt his neck. (laughs) Like I punched him in the shoulder, (laughs) and like and like the force that like swung him, he had like whiplash or something. <laughs> and I felt, I felt so bad because I didn't mean to. I just meant to give him dead arm like, for just being very rude. And and the, and, he, and he tells the teacher, he goes, Miss whatever your name is, Jacob punched me, and she goes, you probably deserved it. <laughs> Put her head back down because she had a migraine or something that day. And, uh, but it was, it was pretty funny. But I felt so bad afterwards. And then like I've seen him recently, and now like it's it's apparent to me how much smaller people are than I am. And and I was this big in high school. Yeah. But I was also fifty pounds heavier. Yeah. And so now, granted, I wasn't as strong as as I am now, but I was a lot heavier. And if I just put my weight behind a punch, it was a, it was very forceful. And it's not like you didn't know how to punch. Yeah. So yeah. like it's you're not going like, and right. I'm miming like a bent wrist like yeah. z style punch yeah. where you're like yeah. yeah like i could see like yeah i could see this hurting if you wrap somebody on the nose right. but like that would be like yeah, but you're like, not trying to like dead arm somebody with yeah. that you're like right and like, like shifting like, your yeah. weight into a hit <laughs> yeah, yeah. I remember. it was funny but those you know there's those few instances of my violation of the non-aggression principle that yeah. uh, actually the, some of those fights are not violations of the non-aggression those were defenses but, yeah but that one was a violation of non-aggression Aggression no, principle. you were defending. You were being chivalrous. I was being chival- chivalrous, but it was it was beyond the extent of the offense. So yeah, that's no, the so. it was. But and then that one time you came home, you got in that fight, and you went got in a fight today. Punched the guy right in the fist with my eye, oh. <laughs> <laughs> and I hit him in the knee with my stomach. Yeah, and I really messed him up. Yeah. <laughs> I love the way your mom says it. Like she, you talk like you're a John Wayne. Yeah. Telling <laughs> well, got well, partner. <laughs> well, partner. I drank a fifth of whiskey <laughs> and I got in a fight today. I was, I was probably punched him in the eye. Punched him in the fist with my. I was probably the only high schooler who wrote a letter to the John Wayne Experience. <laughs> To get a t-shirt from them <laughs> because they didn't sell them online. Yeah. But I knew they had them at the gift shop where he was born and like wrote to them and it was like, I'd really like to come, but it's in Illinois. It's too far away. Can you please send me a extra large John Wayne t-shirt? Did they? I don't remember. Yeah, they did. I wore it for a long time. Yeah. I, I remember you had one, but I didn't remember if that's where it came from. Yeah, that was I, it. I would not have been surprised if that was the shirt you were wearing today. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. But I, I keep you, all, I keep all you my You hold shirts. on to so clothes. Weapon X t-shirt? Uh, actually, that, I still have the Weapon X t-shirt that's in the plastic. Yes, so, well, there's one. Yeah, we have, have one that we're preserving. Yeah. Also. That, that, well, yeah, actually, probably the one I was oh, wearing was that, that day was that yours. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So. I'm going to say, because, like, yeah. you have, like... Ungodly amounts of t-shirts. Well, no, like, so my my aunt and uncle who, my uncle who was in the Coast Guard and his wife who was a stay-at-home yeah. wife, very involved in the church and raising their kids, like, I remember distinctly their kids, like, who were all older than me, so my cousin Paul and my cousin Erica, like, raiding their dad's t-shirts. Yeah. Because he had t-shirts from the Coast Guard Academy, crew, right. cult, like, you know, these just great t-shirts, like, you know, when you see, like, TV shows where they're like... Ithaca, New York, an 87, right. you know, Freebird rally. And you're like, some event that didn't happen. They had shirts like this. Like, they, he had shirts like that all the time. Yeah. And they were both in shape. And, like, they fit, like, their dad's shirts, who was a commander in the Coast Guard. Like, right. you know, they wore shorts like that all the time. 
you're the only person I know other than them, like other than my uncle, apparently, had these shirts that are just like, oh yeah, I had this in a, you know, eighth grade, and I'm like, well, how, how is this still like intact? Like, the shirt yeah. that I'm wearing right now is from oh, a trip to Aberdeen when I went with yeah. Grandma to Aberdeen, South Dakota when I was 12. Yeah, yeah. and yeah. I still have the shirt, and it's yeah. it's great. It's a quad man shirt. It's this. It's a locally produced like public access television movie. We should was, get the rights to this. Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, I'd love to see it. I've never actually seen the movie, but yeah. they had these quad man shirts, and I was just like, these look cool. Yeah. <laughs> and so I got it. And uh, it was just this, it's this cafe in Aberdeen, South Dakota that yeah. uh, that they, they did like a lot of community play, theater play stuff. Play music and have chess tournaments. Yeah, chess and Othello tournaments. Because yeah. I, play, I played in an Othello tournament. You know, have you ever played Othello? It's the no. one where like you've got the white and black pieces and by covering the sides you can flip them. So it's Go? It's sort of like Go, but it's less complicated. Okay, so it's a, okay. Uh, like I've never played it, but. Okay, yeah. But it's, if, you it's can a, su- if you can surround them, you get to flip right. over your colors. Yeah. Which is very yeah. similar to Go, except for it's just it's just on either end instead of surrounded fully. Yeah. So, so but yeah, like so the, that's the, like, like you just always had these shirts where I'm like, yeah. look at this shirt, I'm like, this is 98. Right, like, oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I got a Camp Burton shirt from every yeah. year since yeah. 1980. And I still, I still have seven. Scottish Games shirts. Oh, yeah. from you know, yeah. from the 90s, and yeah, I mean, they just you don't know. And I, I'm trying to get rid of a lot of the ones that I don't care about, but usually those are like the newer ones from like the you know diabetes walk or something like that. Yeah. Where it's like, well, I mean, like it's nice to go participate in the diabetes walk, but I don't really want the shirt. So yeah, well, that's where, but that's where I'm like a lot of times I'm like I don't remember like. For a long time in my life, I don't remember buying clothing. Yeah, like I don't like. Yeah, like as a kid, your parents buy your clothes, and you know, well, you are you? Yeah, I do, <laughs> and I. Do, but like this thing is like I don't remember like in high school getting new clothing. Yeah, like I don't remember like I know I didn't buy my own clothing because I only mowed lawns in the summer, so I didn't have a job where yeah. like I needed to buy clothing. But I don't remember like going out with my mom and buying new clothes. Like I just suddenly yeah i do i do when i went to the atc because they required that you wear pants okay and from sixth grade until like 11th grade i had not worn pants Mm. i wore (laughs) shorts the entire time because i was just never cold enough to wear pants like good boy scouts like we'd be camping in the woods and like we'd be running around at like 10 30 at night playing fox and the hounds yeah and I'd be the only kid in shorts right. and just a heavy jacket. And then, like, half the time I wouldn't be wearing a heavy jacket. Yeah. The only thing I have that's close to that is I have a jacket that I occasionally wear. It's a rusty jacket. Yeah. And it's not a jacket. It's a heavy shirt right. that I got when I was a kid from, like, 17th Street when 17th Street had, like, three shops in the world right. or something like that. And it's, like, a medium that I had in, like, before sixth grade and it's like this the only thing that i have is super super old yeah yeah, i just don't get rid of anything actually every i think three of the four school pictures at uh when i was in high school i had the brotherhood the hammer shirt on which everybody always thought was racist for some reason like like there's this guy glenn who i used to always like go back and forth with because i also because we're from a place where there was no black people um or there was like one or two but like I, I would always ask some questions about like, well, why do you pat your head? And like, what is ashy? And like, like all these types of questions, which to me sound seemed like very perfectly innocent shirt, but he always thought it was racist. And I like, look, dude, like I'm from somewhere where like the only minority is Mexicans. Like, I don't know anything. And it's interesting to me. Like, what are you doing sitting around patting your head all the time for? Like, what's going on? You're rub your tummy and pat your head. <laughs> right, right. Like, what is, what is, what is going on with this? And like, there are, it's like, Jacob, unlike white people, black people don't have straight hair and they have to use chemicals. So if you scratch your head, it hurts. 
I, okay, that's uh, a great explanation, but you don't have to be mean or mad. Yeah. Man. I'm just curious. Like, what's going on here? Like, I see yeah. you guys doing this all the time. Yeah, and that's the thing is, like, you have a natural curiosity where it's not like you're asking, what are you doing? You're right. like, why are you doing that instead of scratching your head? Like, right. well, I didn't even know they were itching. Yeah. I, I just thought it was, like, some sort of, like, compulsion or something. That, like, <laughs> I don't know what's going on with that. It's, it's weird. But I had this Brotherhood of the Hammer shirt that I wore, and I just happened to wear it for, like, every single school picture while I was in high school. I don't know why. But... And then I think the first one was a different Scottish game. It's the blue one. And I think I wore that for like eighth grade school picture <laughs> and ninth grade school picture. The one, the blue one with the, the Celtic circle. Yeah. Actually, that, might, that might also have been a Brotherhood of the Hammer shirt, but it was from the the games in Vegas or in uh, Reno, the Reno games. They always had cool shirts. So, but I don't know. That's, uh, that's it for my, my stuff that I wrote down. Do you have anything else you want to add, Mason? No. No, I think I'll recap the wine real quick. Yeah. So it's, um, it's a Riesling. It's from Germany. Uh, I believe it's uh, Giel is the pronunciation for the winery. Uh, it's their um, Rheinhessen uh, Riesling um, cabinet. Um, so really good, I think. Like 11% alcohol by volume, um, high acidity, really interesting flavors. Yeah. Like it's got a bunch of different flavors. Um, a slight bite. Yeah, a slight yeah. bite, but like it's more the acidity and the sweet combo that really, it's really mm-hmm. interesting. Yeah, I liked it a lot. Um, I don't really have anything else to add. I think it was very interesting. It, I, I think, I, I mean, I would I would enjoy it with a dinner or something like yeah. that, which would be nice. Maybe. I think this would Maybe go, chicken? I think this will would go well with a fatty selection of food. Yeah, okay. Because like the acidity would help clear the fat off your tongue. Yeah. But the fat would also help clear the acidity, so right. it'd like it kind of battle against each yeah. other in that. Well, um, that's it. Mom, do you have any questions for us? Or you got too smart for me. Okay. <laughs> well, I think you're pretty smart. You taught me most of the things I know. So I don't think so. Uh, a lot of the things I know. A lot of the practical <laughs> gave, world gave things, you right? the foundation. Yeah, it's for... a good foundation. Yeah. So gave me the thirst for knowledge. Yes. There you go. Taught me to want to learn rather than taught me information that I don't need to know. Yes. Well, so. you certainly have a lot of information that you don't need to know. No. <laughs> That's true. That's very true. We were, we were driving up to my cousin yesterday, and I didn't realize this until she pointed it out, but like everything anybody said, I was like, well, you know, it's going to kill you. <laughs> well, you know, that's a government conspiracy to make you docile. So that... You're self-lifting. Yeah. All right. Uh, that's it. So everybody... Well, well, so... Oh, wait. As usual, Tasting Anarchy on uh, tastinganarchy.com, Tasting Anarchy on Twitter, and then uh, you can check out reviews and other things like that. We've got some cool sub ideas for things that we're going to try to do. Um, Yeah, you can can follow me on Tasting Anarchy lately. I've been uh, jabbing at Diane Feinstein, who... I really dislike. Uh, yes. John McCain hasn't been posting as much, so I, I kind of stopped jabbing at him. It's mostly Nancy Pelosi and Diane Feinstein right now, especially because they're just, they're such outrageous hypocrites. Yeah. Especially over this tax thing where they're just like, they won't even let us read it. And it's like, just go back when ACA was being passed, you witches. Like, <laughs> you, you passed it without reading it. Like, you're, you guys are ridiculous. Well, exactly. it's also not true that they wouldn't let him read it. Yeah, well, they've had plenty of time to read yeah. it. Yeah, I, I so. mean, they were there. I mean, why didn't they read it? Yeah, but well, they can't read. They had an opportunity. <laughs> oh, <laughs> there you go. Oh, okay. They didn't have good foundations. Right, right, right. there you go. Right, so so. again, that's why we're abolitionists. <laughs> yeah. Oh, speaking of abolitionists, oh. uh, Dave Smith took that. He's he, he brought it up this. Yes! <laughs> yes, he brought it up this episode. He was like, "That's why anarchists." anarcho-libertarians are abolitionists abolition is good all right you don't need to know anything beyond that it's like was sla- were, is slavery bad yes well what are the slaves going to do when you free them i don't know and i don't care they should be free 
I came up with this idea first, Dave <laughs> Smith. We haven't posted it yet. Damn it. <laughs> I doubt I came up with it first, but I'm, I'm sure it's been going around. But no, I, I think it. I think that uh, maybe that'll score some points. Yeah. But, uh, I'm going to link to that book, the uh, Teen 2.0. Yes. Uh, and we'll be doing the Amazon link. So if you buy things through our Amazon link, we'll get a very small uh, percentage, which is going to help us keep the show it going. It doesn't cost you guys anything. Right. So, I mean, it really does help us out. And then um, hopefully by the time this comes out, we'll be affiliates with Bluehost, who yeah. hosts the site. So, mm-hmm. you know, any of your hosting needs, Bluehost, definitely. Yeah. Definitely good prices and mm-hmm. things like that. Yeah. Yeah. We'll, we'll, and also, if we're going to be looking at affiliates, um, Liberty Classroom, we'll be doing some affiliate marketing for that. It, learn everything that they didn't teach you. And my mom actually for a couple of years ago bought me a subscription to Liberty Classroom. I took their course on logic. And although I am still very illogical, I did learn a lot about logic. So now I can like tell people that, mm-hmm. oh, that's the fallacy of uh, appeal to authority and things like that. So then I sound even smarter. So that's it for tonight. Ha- have a good night. Have a good one. Drink it, man. Oh, give me some of that slop. Oh, pass that bottle to me. If you want to get along in Peterstown, buy some wine and pass it around. Age runs up to 49. All them cats, they love sweet wine. Drink it wine for you to drink wine. Wine for you to drink wine. Wine for you to drink wine. Pass that bottle to me. Hoy! Wine, wine, wine. Elderberry. Cherry, cherry. Wine, wine, Blackberry. Wine, wine, cherry. Oh, pass that bottle to me. Now down on Gilsey at Willie's Den. He wasn't selling for the American gin. One soldier wanted a bottle of wine. He hit that cat for a dollar and a dime. I drink a wine for the other day. Wine, wine for the other day. Wine, wine for the other day. Wine, pass that bottle to me. Now I got a nickel. Have you got a dime? Let's get together and get some wine. Somebody's fifth and somebody's fourth. When you get together, you're doing things smart. Drinking wine for you to drink wine. Wine for you to drink wine. Wine for you to drink wine. Pass that ball to me.